Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Let me uh, welcome uh, the New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. Thank you. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked, but every time we do get a chance, boy, there's some critical issues that we have to address. And I, I really want to uh, get to the basic question. What happened, uh, Senator, with the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act? Because I think the last time we talked to you, you were rather upbeat that this this uh, this act, the George Floyd uh, Justice Police Act, would could probably be voted on and maybe enacted. What what happened? Yeah, I was very optimistic, and I think the big issue that made me optimistic was I spent five weeks of this nine month process. Five weeks of it was just locked in talks with the largest police union in the country, the Fraternal Order of Police, and the International Association of Chiefs of Police, two tough uh, unions, organizations representing law enforcement. But we were able to win um, significant concessions. They came to the table. They had things that were on their agenda, like helping uh, police officers themselves uh, with mental health crises. And we actually came together and, and agreed upon a bill basically large, large, uh, based off of largely the George Floyd Act and one that would have significantly changed America. And it was my understanding that if we can get two of the most major law enforcement organizations to come up on board, that uh, we, it was the rest of the work it was the short strokes now. But unfortunately, that was not the case. And um, my negotiating uh, a Republican partner uh, just what, what that was not compelling. <laughs> that was not uh, as much as I thought it would be and felt like I was told it would be. So we ended up in months more of negotiation trying to salvage something, some kind of progress. And I just would not move off of the most important lines. We said that there had to be a bill that had transparency into policing practices. Right. We don't even know in this country how many uh, how many times officers use uh, violent force or how many people are dying in, in, in custody. There had to be accountability. In other words, if an officer does something, her, breaks the law, does something horrifically wrong, there's got to be a level of accountability there. Uh, no one is above the law. And then we had to raise uh, professional standards and raise the policing standards in our country, getting rid of practices like uh, no-knock warrants for, uh, for, for drug cases. And so we, we just could not get it. And I think that about a week ago, when, when uh, my Republican uh, negotiator wouldn't even agree to codify the elements of Donald Trump's executive order that were actually good, like uh, in, in that executive order, there were national policing accreditation standards that were to be established uh, by the DOJ working with other partners that would and, and grants would be conditioned. You couldn't get federal grants if you didn't accredit. Um, uh, that was he wouldn't even agree to doing what Donald Trump wanted. And at that point, for me, it was clear that this was not a serious uh, attempt to uh, find a way to, to to get things moving forward in a in a, so, in a compromise bill. So, in in, in just in plain language, it, it, you. And eventually realized, and these would be my words, you don't have to accept them. He just wasn't being an honest broker. And, and was he just dragging 
the the negotiations the the uh, the group along well this is what i'll say you know we had a lot of deadlines set ne- never by me um he he kept setting deadlines publicly in the press and then we would blow through them without a deal uh it should not take 9 months to get to the root of the matter and both sides need to compromise i made a lot of compromises. You know, I was keeping the civil rights leadership involved in them. They were not happy with a lot of the things that I was willing to give up. But I kept thinking to myself, half a loaf is better than a full loaf. Well, it got to the point where it would just be crumbs. And the families of those murdered by police officers who we were in contact with the entire time, uh, I promised them I would not settle for a bill that would not in some way go towards preventing those kinds of deaths. So, for example, Derek Chauvin was an officer who had multiple complaints. He should not have been on the force. We had processes to prevent that from happening. Or Breonna Taylor or uh, um, uh, Eric Garner. These are names that their, their family members said to me, compromise, get a bill done, but make sure it has things of substance. And we, we, we were not getting there. Wow. And let me ask this question, and I know we only have a few minutes uh, remaining, and I appreciate the time when you usually uh, give us. Um, what would this defunding the police? I, you know, this this term, even Will Smith jumped in it. I saw something today in the news about, you know, and I don't know if he even understood, but I think I heard. Uh, Senator Scott uh, say that, you know, the other side wanted to defund the police. And then I watched on another program, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you made the point, well, that's ridiculous because there was millions of dollars uh, being negotiated to go into police departments. Did I hear correctly? There is no way that the fraternal order of police would agree to any bill that, quote unquote, defunded the police. And yes, that is ridiculous because there was millions and millions of dollars more uh, in our FOP compromise bill that would have empowered police departments to better take records collection, to help officers with mental health issues and more. And what is, you know, what has been coming out is. Uh, my colleague it, it, trying to explain what he meant. And, and unfortunately, that language is, I would say, whips people up in a way yeah. that is not to substance. It's really meant yeah. language like that is, is very political, very incendiary. And what one article I saw yesterday took language of his back after the George Floyd, where he himself said, hey, we need to do things like, hey, offer people federal grants, but we'll withhold them if you don't change your practices. And now he's saying that that's the reason why he's using this language. There is not. There are 50 Democratic senators. We've even taken a vote on this that want to in any way defund the police. If anything, that we are looking to find ways to fund other mechanisms that will make our communities safe, whether it's mental health co-responders or whether it's making sure that police officers, whether it's a small town with five officers, have the resources to begin to give more transparency to policing, you know, collect the records of how many African-Americans uh, you are stopping in your traffic stops or your pedestrian stops. 
The policing in America right now is obscure. We don't know what our police departments are doing. And I agree with a lot of folks, including the FOP, that they should have the resources necessary to have more sunshine into their activities so that there can be higher levels of accountability. So, again, I'm not interested in the back and forth uh, with with Tim Scott. I'm not interested in uh, um, adding to the fervor of partisanship in our country. We are seeing something that has gone on for the entire history of the United States of America, which is a disproportionate number of black people being murdered, beaten, having their viol- their fundamental rights violated. And, and I'm happy that we've made progress since the protests on state and local laws. A lot of them have changed. It's not like we've done nothing. I'm, I'm proud that these activists have forced changes everywhere from Kentucky all the way to Colorado. But on the federal level, there needs to have been a response. And we, we, had, we, we bent a lot to try to, to, try to meet Republicans uh, somewhere in a compromise bill. But at the end of the day, if you can't even do what Donald Trump was saying we should do, if that's too far for you, uh, I, I think that we've got to find another way uh, to get justice uh, for families like the families of, of George Floyd. Well, this leads me then to one of my final questions. Is the, is the bill dead? Is the negotiations dead? Where do you go, Senator Booker, from here? Well, remember, you and I have had conversations about things that took me and others more than one Congress to get done. Like I've worked on big bills before with Lindsey Graham and Chuck Grassley took us two Congresses to get the First Step Act, which freed thousands of African-Americans from prison, dropped sentences dramatically, changed practices in prisons. And just because I can't get something done one way doesn't mean you give up or you stop trying. And so I'm, I'm telling you that this is going to be something, number one, in the short term. I think there are things that and I talked to Joe Biden last week in the Oval Office uh, where he pulled me aside and we had a quick conversation about we've got to start finding ways through executive action to expand the justice in policing. But I also know that this is one of the reasons why these elections have such high consequences. If we could get rid of the filibuster, we can do mm-hmm. a significant policing bill. Now, I, I want to say to you, Joe, because you speak, you're, you're one of the trusted voices, not just in the black community, but in people who are looking for racial justice. You call it like it is. And so I just want folks to know, yes, I'm frustrated about voting rights. I am frustrated about uh, about um, policing. I am frustrated about what I saw going on in the border with, with black folks, and, and I'm fighting in all those trenches. But I want people to know who are feeling like, wait a minute, didn't we go to pol- the polls at record numbers and, 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 and elect people like Ossoff and Warnock? What has that gotten us? What's getting missed in all of this? And I said this to the president last week. I said, what, what is getting missed is we have done things that, that we've been trying to do for decades in this country. For example, the, the moral obscenity, the, the violence of child poverty in the black community. Our poverty rates are outrageous. Well, we passed the child tax credit, right, the full right. refundability that has cut child, black child poverty in half. This, I went to this president, and when he got, first got in and said, we've got to do something about black farmers. And we have allocated billions of dollars, with a B, towards rescuing black farmers barely holding on to their land. I went to this president, and, and I said to him, 
We have a real issue with maternal mortality. Black women die at rates four times that of white women. And he embraced the elements of what we call our momnibus, which is all about extending health care to to women who are in uh, birthing people who are in health crisis. And I'll give you one more example. The color of your skin is the biggest determinant in America of whether you live around toxic sites, environmental injustice, whether it's Superfund sites or lead in your water. And we were able to win billions of dollars to get lead pipes out of people's uh, uh, out of the ground and begin to return things. So there is a lot going on that may not make the headlines like voting rights, which has to be done. That's an existential threat to our democracy. But it's not like we aren't making big strides over the last year uh, um, towards a more justice in the black community. And what's happening for black children right now, um, uh, as, as a guy who lives in a black community uh, that, that is a working class and low income community, is extraordinary. But I have not stopped fighting. Sometimes it takes two Congresses. Sometimes it takes more. But, but with voices like yours and activism and increased voting rates like we saw in the last election, if we can maintain and sustain that. Because mm-hmm. the civil rights marchers, civil rights activists didn't win all at once. It took years of fighting to win some of the biggest battles yeah. that we had to win. And I, I will continue. And I know, okay. I know, sir, you will, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you, yeah, I know you're also frustrated because it's on my list to ask about the um, anti-lynching bill. I mean, yes. it was, it, I mean, we're still, isn't it still being held up by one member? One person. One person. One person, sir. Yes. And, and again, I, I've, I've talked with Schumer. There may be a way for us to okay. go through all the procedural hurdles to get a vote, and it'll okay. probably pass, you know, 90-something to not. It, it will be, clearly and it will be right historic. Yeah, it would yeah. be historic, you know. Well, look, thank you so much. And it's ironic uh, that you uh, brought up the black farmers because I, I had uh, John Boyd on. Because yeah, of the, that, the, the story that just appeared in USA Today, um, where about racism still existing, these folk, these farmers can't get their money. They're still being held up. One of the things he suggested, and I'll close with this, uh, is that there ought to be uh, uh, hearings in the Senate uh, and grilling the uh, secretary of the uh, Department of Agriculture. You know, what do what is he going to do to free up this money that uh, you and others were able to uh, get to the farmers? Um, I guess that is something that would have to be discussed with leadership. Yes, I, I okay. talked to the secretary of agriculture myself okay. and to the White House. And we, we, we have a workaround. And you know why it's being held up, not because of the secretary of agriculture, but because the courts we have some of these right-wing groups. Yeah, Any time you use race, yeah. they sue to stop you. And, yeah. and we think we can find some ways to, 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 to achieve the same end uh, of rescuing disadvantaged farmers, uh, including black farmers. And get that money to them. Yeah. Well, do yes. me a favor. Keep yes. us posted. Uh, thank you so much, Senator Cory Booker. Appreciate it. We'll stay in touch. Thank you, sir. Thank you all. All right. Yeah, thank you. We'll continue, Madison, uh, with you. And and as he pointed out, I, I you know, I, and I know how frustrating it is uh, for um, folks who went out, voted, did their thing, and saying, "But you got the votes. 
You've got to vote. There are so many roadblocks. The filibuster, a main, a main uh, roadblock. That lawsuit. I mean, there are so many. You don't like the uh, anti-lynching bill, the Emmett Till. One person, one U.S. senator from Kentucky. And just, you know, and, and so you, now you have to work around them. And it doesn't happen overnight. I, 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 we can always count on and on on Senator Booker to to give us the the straight uh, and skivvy on what's going on. I mean, letting us know what's what's going on. I, you know, I am. It, it is frustrating, but you know, it might take another session of Congress to uh, to get it done. Government does not move like a speedboat. I always have said it. More like an aircraft carrier. It's slow and cumbersome. Uh, but once you get it in the right direction, it's uh, worth it. I'm Madison. Um, let's continue. Chairman Harrison, Jamie Harrison. How are you, sir? Uh, today is what, National Voter Registration Day? Yes, sir, it is. It's National Voter Registration Day. And folks, if you are not registered, make sure you go and sign up for registration. You can check your status. Go to IWillVote.com to check your status, whether or not you're registered, because you need to be. Now, let's let's talk strategy here. You know how most people do. They kind of wait until the last (laughs) minute to get registered to vote uh, or maybe the, the two or three months before. I mean, we're several months out uh, from any election for the most part. Uh, Why are you encouraging people? What's the benefit for getting registered now? Well, well, first, you want to make sure you check on your status because we know that there are a number of states controlled by Republicans where that if you're not active, if you don't go and vote as often as as, you you probably should, uh, they try to kick you off the list. They try to purge you off the list. We've seen it in places like Georgia, where they'll take hundreds of thousands of folks off the list just because you didn't return a postcard that said you still live at that, that address. So it's important that you make sure that all of your information is accurate and is correct and that you are still on the voter registration rolls, because what you don't want is when you do decide to go vote, either in that primary or you vote in uh, in the general election, you walk up to your precinct and you go and your name isn't on the list. Uh, that is not what you want. So you want to make sure that you are registered to vote, that you are active on that voter registration list. It's so important. And once you have found out that you have registered, make sure your your aunt and uncle and your niece and nephew, your brother and your sister, uh, your mom and your dad, make sure that they're also registered to vote. That's really, really important. Folks, we see that who is in power has a great impact on your life. Um, we saw what happened over these last four years, and we see the benefits of getting real leadership and how that has helped to improve the lives of a lot of people. Just take a look at the child tax credit. Three million kids out of poverty. Poverty, uh, yeah. Be, be, yes, and, you know, and Mr. Madison, I was one of those type of kids growing up. Uh, you know, I grew up to a, a single mom who had a job sometimes, didn't have a job other times. We were on welfare and food stamps. And I know how hard it was for her to make ends meet. Many families are still like that. And because of COVID, it's even gotten worse. 
And so when they got that $300 check and they've been getting that $300 check every month, you know, as my grandma always said, that's godsend. Uh, <laughs> that's a blessing yeah. um, because it's allowed many of them to do things that they could not do before. And so that only happened. And I want people to understand this. It only happened because 80 million people went to the polls last November and they voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And then you had millions of people going to the polls in Georgia in January to get uh, Reverend Warnock and John Ossoff elected to the United States Senate because not one Republican voted for that legislation. Not one of them, even in the House or the Senate. It only happened because Democrats were elected in office, and many of your viewers uh, are to thank for that. And, well, let's talk about what happened just yesterday. I mean, just yesterday with whether or not we should or should not shut down the government. And as I pointed out, this isn't just about, I'm not talking about big shots who run the government. You know, you, you got to think about the vendors, the custodians, the security people, Social Security. Uh, you know, you know as well as I do, the list goes on. It, it will be, will it not, working people who are going to be hit the hardest. It, it, that is, it, it, you know, they say uh, uh, when when the country gets a cold is the poor and working class, and particularly the black community that, that has the flu, and and that's that's exactly the the situation right now. And you have these Republicans in office who just don't care. You know, I, I sent out a tweet yesterday. I said to the folks who still believe that the the Republican Party fights for Americans, just look at the recent actions. That they have voted against the economy. They have voted against infrastructure. And this party doesn't want people to have a minimum wage. They want the economy to crater. They want health to fail. They're telling people to, to take horse to warmer. And, and they want our roads and bridges to fall apart. And it's just absolutely sad. And you got to take people for their actions and not just their words. You get people like Tim Scott who will say all these nice and fancy things and want you to think they're nice. All in the all the while, they're screwing you in the end in terms of uh, the the votes that they're taking in the United States Senate and Congress. It's just yeah. awful, and it people need yeah, somebody. Yeah, they don't, and they and they're not telling that. the you know because you you had to run against him, Scott. But I tell you, the you know now I think people in South Carolina realize the big mistake they made if they did not, for example register and vote. Let me just talk about the folk who, you know, people, once they register and vote, then it's their choice. But now I would hope they realize if they were one of these people who stayed home and didn't vote or didn't register, I hope they realize the mistake. I I was fabricated when it was uh, to hear Tim Scott on one of the uh, news shows over the weekend uh, talking about uh, people, are, uh, you know, well, I can't go with this P- police reform act because they want to defund the police. And then when I then the next interview is is Cory Booker, who said, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That's ridiculous. There's millions of dollars in the in the exactly. in the bill for for funding police. Mr. Madison, that, that the Republican Party is the lying party. They straight up bold-faced lie, and they don't blink when they do it. I mean, and, and Tim knows better. He knows better. He grew up in communities just like many of us grew up in, but the, the, the difference is he forgot. He forgot the hardships that so many people are still going through. He forgot the fact, the fear that people have uh, when they see that siren pull up behind them. 
because all he cares about is political power. You know, what he is harboring in his mind is that in 2024, he's going to run for president of the United I told States people that. the Republicans right. are going to embrace him. That's well, right. it, there's going to be a rude awakening. Uh, yeah, uh, nobody wants to embrace somebody who is feckless, who doesn't have a spine, who can't stand up and do what is right. Uh, and that's not the type of person we need to lead this this nation. All right. Now, finally, this is National Voter Registration uh, Day. So once again, just summarize what people should do uh, today uh, as it relates to uh, making sure that they're registered to vote, even though there's no. Well, there's a couple of elections uh, that are taking place. New Jersey and Virginia. And Virginia. uh, And some some municipal elections like the Atlanta mayors. Folks, it's just and, and I want people to understand it's not just the presidential elections that are important. But it's all the elections. When you have right. mayor, city council, and county council, make sure that you are first registered to vote, and then make sure you actually go and vote because those people will have an impact on the day-to-day lives of you and your family and your communities. And so go to IWillVote.com, IWillVote.com. Make sure you check on your status, and if you are not registered, make sure you get registered, and you can do it all on that website. Again, oh, that's, oh, okay. So let me make that. Now, hold on a second. So what you're saying, IWillVote.com, you can, one, check your status, and yep. you can register to vote in your state. That's exactly right. Wow. All right. Now, it isn't any easier than that. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's it. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. And we'll be talking again, I'm certain. Sounds good. You take care of yourself. Talk to you soon. Okay, you too. Wow. You can listen to yours truly, Madison the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.